What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Extra Mile, the tag-along podcast that focuses on the games and services that y'all care about most. Now, of course, if you like what we do, please consider subscribing to us on your podcast feeds of choice for the Xbox Drive or the PlayStation Drive, because this will actually be up on the PlayStation Drive feed once that goes live. This is also the first time we're doing kind of an extra mile that's you know, collaborating between two of our podcasts, which I think is really interesting. So you can check us out in both places because today's topic actually relates to both platforms. So both Xbox and PlayStation get this game. So we thought it'd be nice to actually put this on both places. Also, if you want to support us as well um, and get early access to this show, as well as early access and to all of our other shows, as well as exclusive access to specific content. Of course, patreon.com slash Yumi Capri is how you do that. You throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. And there you go. You can go enjoy your life, you know, go walk the dog, eat it to borrow, all that good stuff. Well, today, folks, is a pretty exciting day, a day that a fan like me of Ninja Gaiden has been waiting for forever. We finally have a new game in the series. Well, Kind of, not really. I mean, for the most part, this is actually old games because this is the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Of course, it's out now um, on pretty much everything. It's out on PC, Switch, uh, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, There isn't really a next-gen version of this game or anything like that, Um, so there's no PS5 version or Xbox Series X or S version or anything like that. So for the most part, again, we're working with a um, last-gen version of the game. Um, Also, the reason why this isn't out on the Nintendo Drive, because in theory we could have put it there as well, is... The version I had to work with for the purposes of this episode is the PS4 version. And from what I've seen and heard from the Switch version, it's very different from what uh, what I played on the PlayStation 4. So for the most part, what I'm going to say here isn't really going to reflect the experience you're going to have on the Nintendo Switch, which is the main reason why we decided to kind of not put it on that feed as well and kind of keep it to the PlayStation Drive and and the Xbox Drive feeds to to kind of go through there. Because for the most part, even though I played on PlayStation, it's basically the same on Xbox. Um, From what I've seen and probably what I've heard from other people who've played it on Xbox, um, it's really just the Switch port and the PC port that are a bit wonky. Um, And again, everything I'm going to say here is not going to reflect those versions, just the PlayStation and Xbox versions of the game. Now, in case you might be asking the question at home, Ryan, what is the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection and why should I care about this? Well, I've got your answer right now. So the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is a collection of three titles across the modern Ninja Gaiden series. Um, It's basically the the last three games, Um, basically, except for Ninja Gaiden Yaiba, which is a whole mess that we're not going to talk about here. Um, So this collection includes Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and then Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. So a little bit of history in each one of these, of course, and, and what's different about, you know, the Sigma versions of these games. So basically when they ported the original Ninja Gaiden to the PlayStation 3 from the original Xbox, because um, that's where it first came out, um, they actually called it the Sigma version of the game. Um, they added some content and kind of tweaked some of the, the controls and some of the encounters and stuff like that. They also added new content to the game, um, as well as like a new new boss fights and stuff like that. Um, but they also censored a lot of the, the blood and stuff like that. It's still a pretty bloody game. Um, and there wasn't really too much dismemberment in the original game. But for the most part, um, it's changed in some interesting ways. And I'm going to get a get into that in a little bit. And then when it was time to port Ninja Gaiden 2, which was an original, which was an Xbox 360 exclusive to the PlayStation 3, um, they actually ported it as Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2 instead. Um, And again, same deal. Um, They actually changed a lot of the combat around. Um, They changed some of the encounters. They added some new content to the game, some new playable characters, um, as well as some new boss encounters, but also uh, a lot of censorship because Ninja Gaiden 2 was a very, 
very bloody game with a lot of dismemberments and uh, most of that's kind of cut. There's still some dismemberment, but it's not like, you know, like blood gushing everywhere like you had in, in the uh, in the original release on Xbox 360. And then you got Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, which is actually a port to the Wii U of Ninja Gaiden 3, which originally released on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Um, and this, of course, is a little bit of an interesting release. Um, this was, again, kind of uh, during the Wii U launch period where Nintendo was trying to get a lot of franchises on board that were more mature franchises um, because that was one of the people criticizing them for the most during like the Wii era um, was they, they didn't have enough mature franchises on, on um, Wii U, that's when we started getting stuff like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and then Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge on the Wii U. So I'm going to kind of go into each individual game um, that's included in the collection. We'll talk about each one and kind of um, all the strengths and weaknesses of them as well as, you know, why you should play them. Well, so let's start with Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Of course, this is the port of the original Ninja Gaiden that came out on the original Xbox and actually got a second release on the original Xbox called Ninja Gaiden Black, which was um, basically a version of the game with some extra content, um, but it didn't really tweak the game too much. Um, and Ninja Gaiden, the original one, still to this day, one of my all-time favorite games. I love the original Ninja Gaiden. It's got to be one of easily the five best action games of all time. It's a third-person action game. It's very combo heavy. Um, it's more along the lines of something like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta. If you've played those games before, um, there's less ranged combat in this one than than something uh, than those two examples that I gave. But for the most part, it's it's a it's very much fast combo reaction um, that is very reminiscent of those games. Um, but what was nice about Ninja Gaiden and what was cool about it. We got a lot of exploration elements, a lot of puzzles that you had to solve, um, and it was you had a lot of. Uh, Ninja Gaiden was really the, the the thinking man's action game, fast action game, where again, like Devil May Cry, for example, you had some light puzzles, but again, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, and same with Bayonetta. And again, you don't really have like super heavy puzzles or anything like that. Um, the puzzles in this kind of remind me of the puzzles we saw in something like the original God of War back on the PlayStation 2. Um, so, I mean, they're not too difficult, but they're also not easy or anything like that. It, it adds a nice game, like a nice break to the gameplay. Um, but the enemy design in the original Ninja Gaiden is fantastic. And again, the combat and gameplay totally holds up today. Um, whether you're playing it, whether you played it back in the early 2000s or if you're playing it today, honestly, it's a ton of fun across the board, regardless of when you decided to play that. Um, as far as the visuals are concerned, again, the visuals in this version are actually much more updated. Um, again, they were updated on the PlayStation 3, but they were still kind of like they almost had this like, you know, blur to them, I guess. Or they did. They, had, they were a little bit muddy, especially if you go back and play that version today. Um, so the visuals for this collection have been totally cleaned up. It runs at a rock solid 60 frames per second throughout the entire experience. Um, you've also got some cool cinematics added in this version as well. Um, but you've also got some of the OG cinematics, like the, um, the, the ones from the original Xbox. They pretty much ported those ones as is, but then they also added um, a lot more in-game um, like in engine cutscenes, um, which we had some in the original game, but um, they added way more of them in the PS3 release. Um, so it does tell a lot more of the story. However, again, and this is going to be kind of a common theme across all three of these games that we're going to talk about. The story is meh or it, it, it's like meh to bad. I mean, it's fine. I guess it exists, but you're not really playing this game for the story. I mean, you're you're playing it for the fast action combat, the cool enemies and kind of the unique 
level design, um, especially with like the open city of Vigor, which is kind of the main uh, city you go to after level four. Um, it's actually really, really, really interesting. I mean, for the most part, though, all you really need to know about the story is bad ninjas attack the Hayabusa village. They steal an evil cursed sword called the, the Dark Dragon Blade. And then Ryu Hayabusa, who's kind of like the, the son of the head of the, the Hayabusa clan, needs to go basically get it out of the hands of the fiend at Doku, which basically steals it. That's it. That you, that's all you pretty much need to know about the story. Um, again, it pretty much exists as a plot device to, be, to basically give you a reason to go from point A to point B. It, it, it does have a couple twists and turns, which are interesting, but again, it exists. It's fine. It, you don't, I don't really know, need to go in, into too much detail with the story, but Ninja Gaiden still a classic game today. Um, and again, some of the differences they've added in this one, again, being able to play as Rachel, I thought was actually a cool choice. Rachel is this axe wielding bounty hunter that basically fights, basically tracks down the fiends, which are the demonic enemies that you fight in the game. Um, and that's kind of whole her thing because she has, uh, she's trying to basically kill her sister who's turned into a fiend because you can't really turn people back from being fiends once they, once they've turned, it's a whole thing in the Ninja Gaiden universe. So, um, yeah, I liked being able to play as her. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. However, the one thing I will say about this version of the game is a lot of the added content that they have in this game kind of just feels like fluff. Like it, uh, it just exists for the sake of existing um, or just to pad out the runtime, um, especially Rachel's levels. I love being able to play as Rachel, but her levels just are running through the same environments that you then after that level's over, go and run through the same environment again as Ryu. So um, it just it feels like padding to a game that d probably doesn't need padding. Cause again, the original game you can beat in about 10 to 12 hours, um, for on your first time playing through it. And it, it didn't really need to be much longer. Like it felt like it was the perfect length where it didn't really need to be this like 15 to 20 hour experience where it, it, 10 hours felt like enough with this type of game, especially considering how difficult this game is. Cause this is a very difficult game, especially if you go up to some of the harder difficulties, it's brutally difficult. So being, being able to uh, get through it is hard enough as it is but then having more content that again isn't really super interesting um, or exciting just kind of bogs down the game a bit so again i would recommend overplaying this version of the game if you have an xbox um, i would definitely recommend the ninja god in black version of the game which is actually on back compat and it's like 10 bucks so i would say if you definitely play this game if you've never played ninja Gaiden one before ever definitely play it because it's an amazing incredible experience but the Sigma version is probably not the best version just because, again, it feels a little too bloated. Um, but if this is all you have access to, like if you're playing on PlayStation 4, for example, because they don't have back and pat of, of those games, or even they never got those original games in the first place, then I do think that's that it's a serviceable entry, but it's just it's not as good as the original version of the game. Next up, let's move on to Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2. Of course, this sequel takes place a couple years after the, the last game. And what was cool about this one and what I really liked as a longtime Ninja Gaiden fan who's been playing the game since the NES is that um, they actually took some of the story elements from the original game, um, the original Ninja Gaiden on NES, and then brought it forward to this game. Because what they tried to do with the original Ninja Gaiden was basically take the Ninja Gaiden IP and Ryu Hayabusa, um, who existed in the, the Dead or Alive games, uh, fight those fighting games, um, but they wanted to basically put him in the Dead or Alive universe formally, not just from the fighting games, but also for his own games. They wanted him to basically exist in that same world, essentially, and create this like shared world experience kind of between the Dead or Alive fighting games and 
um, Ninja Gaiden. Whereas the second game really tried to take the story and kind of put it back on track with the original Ninja Gaiden series, while also obviously still keeping it as part of the, the Dead or Alive franchise, essentially. So um, we got to see a lot of returning characters from the original game, like Irene, um, who is kind of Ryu's main love interest from the first game. She's called Sonia in this game. They give her a different name, but she's essentially the same character. And she, it, it's revealed later that she's the same character. Um, you're basically also trying to stop the, the, the fiends from collecting um, two statues of the, the, the demon to basically resurrect the arch fiend essentially, um, which again was kind of the big, like bad enemy from the original Ninja Gaiden on NES. Um, so yeah, as a Ninja Gaiden fan, I liked all that stuff, but same thing about the story in the first, in the first game. It's meh, it's, mad to bad is that how I would kind of categorize the story. It exists. It's fine. It's, it's there basically to get you from place to place. And, uh, there, there you go. That's all, that's all you need to know about the story in Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2. I talked about it a little bit more because, again, I love the, the, the homage to kind of the original Ninja Gaiden trilogy on NES. But, you know, for the most part, I could take the, the story or leave it. Uh, combat, though, feels a lot more fast in this game. Uh, in this particular version of the game. Um, there are also less cutscenes this time around. Also, we don't have any of the, the weird, you know, CG cutscenes that we had from the original game in this version. Um, but again, they, they stopped doing that on the 360. Um, but this one mostly focuses on dismemberment. So as you're fighting your enemies, you actually knock off either their arms or the legs or their arms and their legs. And they're like hobbling around and stuff like that. Almost like the black Knight from, uh, from Monty Python. Um, and as an enemy's limb has been removed, you can perform what's referred to as a dismemberment attack on them, which basically, you know, stops the action for a second and kind of takes control away from you as it goes into a little cutscene of you basically dismantling them, either cutting off all their arms or their head or just all kinds of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And again, even though there's, there's some censorship in this version, cause again, all of the enemies don't have blood. They have like weird, like purple shadows that come out of their body parts. When you cut them off in this game, um, it's still, 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 not, I mean, not a game for children, for example, or a game you want to play when, you know, you've got, you know, small kids around or anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a, a very, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Let's just say that. So, and it, in the original release, you had tons of blood splatter from all the enemies and stuff like that. But in this game, you've just got, you know, purple smoke or purple fire, I guess, coming from their, you know, their, their, their torso or their limbs or whatever. But I thought that it added a cool dynamic to the gameplay. One thing I also really liked about Ninja Gaiden 2 as well is the weapon selection. You had a, a, a really good selection of weapons in the first game, but I actually think Ninja Gaiden 2 um, gave you an even more impressive arsenal of weapons to choose from in, in this game. Um, and they added a couple weapons in, in the, the Sigma version of the game in particular, um, but also they kind of toned down some of the more broken weapons from, from the original release. Um, however, in this version of the game, Again, same as before with the, the original Ninja Gaiden Sigma, they added a whole bunch of content to it that, again, kind of feels like fluff. For example, in the first level, instead of fighting one boss at the end, you fight uh, like a, this statue boss in the middle of the level, and then you go fight the normal boss that you'd fight at the end of the level, and then as soon as you kill him, you have to fight the statue boss again, who has the exact same mechanics as before. So, again, a lot of it just feels like fluff that, that's kind of padded to the experience just to had out the runtime. Um, not only that, but they also made, made some tweaks to some of the levels. For example, people who have played the original Ninja Gaiden 2 before know the infamous stair scene that exists that, uh, that happens towards the end of the game where you fight like 200 dudes on the stairwell at the same time. And it's like, it's a really incredible sequence. Like one of the most jaw dropping sequences I've seen in, 
you know, games of that era. Um, I just remember just so many memories of just going up that stairwell, just killing dudes for like 10 to 15 minutes straight. It's like this really impressive sequence that happens to run at like 20 frames per second in the original game, which is the main reason why in this version, um, in the Sigma version, they actually have the section in the game where you go up the staircase, but you fight like three dudes at a time instead of, you know, 30. So it actually runs obviously at a solid 60 frames per second during that sequence, as well as, you know, throughout the entire experience. I didn't really find a time when the, the frame rate dipped a bit. Um, I did notice pre patch before um, the day one patch went live that the cinematics, weirdly, in Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2 ran at 30 frames per second for some reason instead of 60. I talked about that a little bit on the PlayStation Drive. Um, but once that was patched, that problem immediately went away and again the whole game runs at 60 frames per second which is definitely what you want to see with this game and again ninja god and sigma 2 it's fine it's not as strong as as the first game but at the same time it's still a really solid experience um however again like i said with the the sigma 1 I would probably prefer to play the original Xbox 360 release of the game because you get it the game as the developers intended and again it doesn't feel like there's like had or fluffed in like kind of added on to the experience yes you miss out on some of the pl extra playable characters in that version because again you get to play as rachel again as well as ayane this time around who's the one of the female ninjas from dead or alive um who's actually prom very prominent in the story from the first game um but for the most part all that stuff's cool but i don't know the the original release just feels so much more balanced again you have the this memberment as it's properly supposed to be shown and again the stir fight well fight if you play that on series x or xbox uh one x um because that game actually got x enhanced they actually clean up the frame rate really well in that version of the game um so if you play it on back impact you don't have like the game running at 20 frames per second anymore it actually runs very well well and it's not a full 60 but it's pretty close. So, um, yeah, I would say if you have if you have an Xbox, I would definitely check out the back convert version. But obviously, if you're playing on PlayStation or another console and this is all you have access to. It's certainly fine. Again, it's a good version of the game. It's just not as amazing as the original version. And now we move on to Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. And this one's a bit of a story. Um, so the original Ninja Gaiden 3, the original release that came out on 360 and PS3, was not good. It was a very bad game. And uh, between the technical issues, between the pacing, between the weird story, the fact that you only had one weapon, you only had, had access to the ninja sword, um, everything about it was not good. Um, and this was kind of after Itagaki, who was kind of the main director of the first two games, had left Team Ninja, um, and they decided to go in a different direction with the game, and uh, it did not turn out very well. However, this it got redeemed quite a bit uh, with the release of the Razor's Edge version um, because they fixed a lot of the complaints that we actually had about the original release. Um, so this actually came out originally on Wii U, again, as a launch exclusive for the Wii U, but then it also came to 360 and PS3. So this is actually also a backwards compatible game on Xbox One and Series X as well, just to throw that out there. Um, of course, Ninja Gaiden 3's story, like the other two, it's bad to meh. I guess is where I would throw the story. In fact, it's probably the weakest story of the three games. Um, after basically fighting like a terrorist attack in, in Moscow, uh, Ryu basically fights this dude with a sword, with a French accent who basically curses him. Um, basically he's like the dragon sword, like fuses with Ryu's arm. And essentially it's like slowly, slowly killing him because he, it's like supposed to be penance for all the enemies that Ryu was killed over the course of the last two games or just, you know, his time at being a ninja, I guess. Um, 
and basically it's just uh, like all about Ryu trying to, you know, undo the curse. And then there's this kid he's trying to protect and stuff like that. And again, it's a whole bag of stuff. I mean, it's fine. It gets the job done. It gets you from place to place, but it it's nothing really special. And again, of the three games, it's definitely the worst story. So definitely if you're we're playing this game, it's not really for the story or anything like that. As far as what's in this re-release of the game, well, didn't really add anything. They didn't really change anything. The game already ran at 60 frames per second on like Xbox uh, 360 or PS3 when you played it there. And it still runs on at 60 frames per second here. The visuals are cleaned up a little bit, but for the most part, it basically looks the same as the X enhanced version of Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge if you play it on back and pat. So for the most part, you're not really getting anything new. In addition to that, they've actually removed the multiplayer from the game, so you can't do that either. Um, and to be fair, no one's really no one. No one's really online right now playing the the multiplayer for Ninja Gaiden, you know, three Razor's Edge. But, you know, if someone were to play it, want to play it, you know, with your friends, because the lobbies are still open. You can still play it if you can find, you know, a game of, or if you ha have some friends and you want to play it, you are able to play it. But they removed it for this version of the game, you know, just to get the port out there. And honestly, I think it's the right move because, I mean, I personally didn't really love the multiplayer for Razor's Edge. I mean, it was fine. It existed. It reminded me of Dead Space 2 multiplayer or Tomb Raider multiplayer where it exists basically to pad out the experience. But for the most part, not really my bag of tea as much as I love Ninja Gaiden. But I know there was like a, a devoted small group of people that were that were really into it. So um, it does suck that they didn't bring it back for those people. But at the same time, I can understand why the developers wouldn't do that. So um, for the most part, you're pretty much just getting the same version that came to PS3, but cleaned up a little bit. Again, the visuals look a little bit nicer, but for the most part, it looks fine. It it, it runs well, and uh, it's really not any different than, than that version of the game. So again, same advice I gave you previously for the last two games. If you've got an Xbox One, you know, save yourself some money, play the back and pat version instead, because it's essentially just the same game. Besides that, for the most part, the collection itself doesn't really come with anything in particular unless you purchase the deluxe edition of the game, which comes with a soundtrack as well as a uh, digital art book that you can go flip through as well. Um, again, it's not anything impressive or anything like that. But what's, what the weirdest thing about this collection is, is that they didn't put it in like one experience with like a launcher to launch between the three games like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition did. Essentially, you install all three games separately whether you're on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, and they basically run as, like, separate apps, essentially. Um, or it's what's silly on the PlayStation version of the game. If you're playing it on PlayStation 5, you have to, like, go to th the three-line menu and then click it and then basically select your version of the game from the drop-down that comes up to basically switch between games. It's not very intuitive, but it's it's fine. It gets the job done. Um, so, I mean, for the most part, it would have been nice to see some anniversary stuff kind of put into the collection um, with some other anniversary editions that we've seen before, maybe even have like, again, just a cool kind of launcher to kind of launch all three of these games, but they didn't really do that. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen collections like this kind of do this type of thing. Um, especially like the, the, the one that comes to mind for me is the Bayonetta and Vanquish collection, um, which again, just installed two different apps essentially to basically play those games. Um, if you're playing on PlayStation five, uh, one thing that you should know is that even though, again, the loading should be instantaneous for PlayStation 5, you would assume. However, there's built-in loading, in quotations, into the experience. Um, and that's, again, so that it runs 
correctly on PlayStation 4. Um, it is a little more forgiving than kind of the forced loading that we saw on the backwards compatible versions if you play them on Series X. Because if you play Ninja Gaiden 1, for example, there's some areas where it takes a minute and a half to two minutes to load on Series X, which again, it's already it already basically loads everything within like 10 seconds, but the prompt doesn't let you actually go into the experience until, you know, the end game load officially, you know, finishes its preload or whatever, whatever uh, it's designed. So even though it should have instantaneous loading, it doesn't. Again, it's got some artificial loading in there. So that is one thing to keep in mind. And I know that's the same across both the Xbox version and the PlayStation version. Um, and again, that's something we see a lot from, from Tecmo's games. Um, like Dead or Alive does that too. So um, again, nothing new for, from, from that front. Um, but I just thought, thought it was something odd to kind of note here for the PlayStation 4 version playing on PlayStation 5. So overall, what are my thoughts on the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection? And is it worth the $55 Canadian that I paid for it? Um, or, you know, I think it's $49.99 in the States. Um, honestly, I actually think that it depends on your platform. Because again, as you noted, that there is a little bit of a pattern when I was talking about each individual games that if you are playing on Xbox, this collection is not for you at all. Because the backwards compatible versions of Ninja Gaiden Black, Ninja Gaiden 2, and Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge are basically the better experiences for less money. So even like the, the, the price to buy all three, you'd be looking at maybe 30 bucks at the most. And assuming that's assuming there's not a sale on at that time or anything like that. So, I mean, if you're on Xbox, I would recommend just going that down that route rather than going with this collection. This collection is not really for Xbox users, unless of course you played through those games already and you just want the achievement points for playing through these. Cause for the most part, the achievement points are pretty attainable, although some of them are just, for example, beating Master Ninja difficulty for Ninja Gaiden Sigma with the Master Ninja um, Ninja on every single level, which is basically the highest rating. That means you can't die or use Nimpo or anything like that. It's pretty much borderline impossible unless you're like one of the top players. So um, you're probably not going to be able to get like the Platinum Trophy or all of the achievements, uh, at least for most players. Um, so, I mean, for the most part, if you're on Xbox, this collection probably isn't doing anything for you. So I would, I would steer clear of it. However, if you're on PlayStation, then I think this, that becomes much more appealing because again, if you don't have access to an Xbox, this is probably the best way to play these games. If you don't have access to an Xbox, again, the price itself isn't too bad. Again, especially considering we don't have the backwards compatible versions. It definitely beats beat playing these games over PlayStation. Now, like do using the streaming service. Um, so would I recommend it for a PlayStation user? Yeah. I actually would recommend this collection. I think it's actually fairly solid. Again, even though these games aren't as good as the original counterparts on the original Xbox or 360, um, I do think that they are three very strong games. Um, definitely one and two way stronger than three. But at the same time, I still think three is definitely worth playing, um, especially with the Razor's Edge version. I think they made a lot of smart improvements to that version of the game, and it's definitely much better than the original release. Like that, that original release wasn't very good, but adding in all the weapons, adding the dismemberment again, um, basically adding like a bunch of content to the game that makes it just make more sense. The story is still very silly, but it's still a ton of fun. So yeah, I would highly recommend PlayStation users. If you like fast fashion games, if you like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, but you've never checked out the Ninja Gaiden games for whatever reason, um, or even if you like stuff like Dark Souls or Bloodborne um, and you want something that's like 
way faster than those games, um, even faster than something like Neo, um, but still has like the same kind of difficulty curve as something like Dark Souls or a Bloodborne, then yeah, these games are going to totally be up your alley, especially on some of the harder difficulties too, um, because basically fighting some of the bosses on like the hard or Master Ninja difficulties feels like playing like something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, but much faster and a lot less clunky. So yeah, I highly recommend these games to anyone on PlayStation and again, as far as the Switch and PC versions, I don't really have anything to say about those just because I don't have access to those. So it, it wouldn't be fair for me to kind of comment on those. So you might have to look for reviews for those versions, which again, the Switch version, not it's not looking good for that version as far as Medicaid reviews for that game. And that's it for this episode of The Extra Mile. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri or us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive or on your podcast service of choice or youtube.com slash the Xbox drive or soon the PlayStation drive will be on podcast services. Still be able to check us out there. Last but not least, patreon.com slash Yumi Capri is where you find all of our good stuff and early access to all of our shows as well as exclusive content. So I'm Ryan Turford. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the extra mile and we out.